Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. John chapter 4 and verse 46. You got it? Make some noise if you're there. Six of you, that's encouraging. Let's, let's go. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. So this is a man of influence. This is a man who has some money in the bank. This is a man um, who has um, some authority. He's somebody who is typically blessed, but he has a need. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him saying, your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he had got better. And they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus had said to him, your son lives. And he himself then believed and his whole household. The story grabbed me because if we look at this story and break it down a little bit, as I said, you've got a, a, a nobleman who is not a, he's not a, he's not what we would call a church guy. He's, he's, he's got, as I said, he's, he's blessed, he has position, he has authority, he's, um, he's somebody of influence in his, in his, in his world. But we have this nobleman who has a need where his son is sick, so sick that in fact it says that his son is dying. And this nobleman goes to the effort and the energy to do really everything that, that we would expect somebody to do that, that Jesus would typically look at these actions and say that these are faith-filled actions. This dude has left his house. Think about this for a moment. This nobleman who's not a church guy, it's a day's journey. It's a day's, if you study it, it says it's a day's journey. By foot through the mountains, through the desert, this nobleman who has servants, he could have sent a servant to Jesus, but he didn't do that. He went himself. These are admirable things, wouldn't you think? You would look at this and think, this guy's on track. This guy's doing good. He leaves his house, he leaves the comfort of his home, goes to where Jesus is. Like you could preach this, couldn't you? You could talk about leave the comfort of your own home, break out of what you're used to and get to where Jesus is. And we would all holler and shout and tweet it and it'd be awesome. This is what he's doing. He's doing everything good and, and he comes to Jesus. That's what you're meant to do, isn't it? You, you, you bring your, 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 your problem you need to Jesus. This is what he's doing. And he does it and he brings it to Jesus. But then look at this. In verse 48, he does everything. He went to Jesus and implored him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. 
And you would expect that Jesus, if you didn't know the story, you would expect this is the moment where Jesus looks at him and says, man, good job. You got some faith. I'm coming to your house. But Jesus doesn't do that. Look at this. Look at what he says here. Jesus looks at this dude that's done all of these amazing things to get there. And Jesus says to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Come on, Jesus. I mean, let's be real. I looked at that. Honestly, I looked at that and I said to the Lord, I was studying it in my office and I said to the Lord, God, that's a bit harsh. Come on, it's, let's be real. Let's, let's try and break out and let's look at the text for really, let's really see what's going on here. Jesus, well, I mean, give this guy a break. He's done everything that he's supposed to do. This is where you're meant to commend him and move. But Jesus sees something that if you just look at the text on the surface, you'll miss it. And so it caused me to start digging some more. And I asked God and I said, Lord, what's, what, what's the problem here? Well, why not just help the dude, help a brother out? God, you know, come on. Come on, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever get like that where you talk, to, you talk to God like that? I know we don't wanna be real, but, but let, let me be real for you. Sometimes I look at God and sometimes I'm like, hey, Come on, man, just fix it. You know, you, you, know, you ever been like that? Well, like we say, we, we pray and, and we fast and we read and we declare and we sing and we go to church. Can't you just, 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 yeah, just. Hey, you don't have to nod, okay? Because I know that what's going on. That, that's where we're at so much. We, we, we sort of do everything that we feel like we're supposed to do, but then He doesn't add up. He doesn't, he doesn't do what He's supposed to do. God, if I do this, you, if, if I pray, tick. Go to church, tick. Even sit up the front, tick. Sing the songs, tick. Listen to Christian radio, tick. I've got a fish sticker on the back of my car. I got one, no, I got two, tick, tick. I got a scripture verse tattooed on my skin. What more do you want, God? Come on, this, this is where we're at. But then I think we fall short because we get to the end of everything that we feel like we're supposed to do. But, but we're living up to our end of the bargain, but He's not. And, and we feel like, what, what am what, what what am I missing? What else, am I, what else am I supposed to do? Can I suggest to you that it's not what you're doing, but the way in which you're doing it? Because you might be ticking all the boxes, but you're coming to Him with a mindset of a beggar. And beggars don't impress God, believers do. And if you would come to Him in the mindset of a believer expecting and not begging, you would see God do something powerful because the Word says that without faith, it is what? Impossible. 
You can tick all the boxes you want. That is what religion is all about. But you might have a few boxes that you miss. But if you've got the mindset of a believer, you will still get your miracle because God responds to faith. Begging or believing. How do you get this, Ben? How do you get out of this text that this dude's a beggar? Because begging's not about what you have or don't have, it's about the way you think. And it's all wrapped up in this text. The whole message is wrapped up in one simple word. In verse 47, he came to him and he went to him, the Bible says, and he implored. The interpretation for the word implored, it means to beg. That's, that's where it shifted. It wasn't what he was doing. He did everything right. But then he comes to him and this one word shows this state of mind that he has. Please, God, please, will you do this for me? And Jesus says, when are you gonna start to not beg But when are you going to start to believe? When are you going to come to me with this sense of faith that you don't have to beg, you just have to receive by faith? That's the language of heaven. That's the currency of heaven that we would walk, that we would live, that we would talk by faith, that we would believe Him. I want to give you three comparisons of beggars to believers. The first thing about a beggar and a believer is a beggar sees the need as an obstacle, but a believer sees it as an opportunity. This is not just some faith self-help. I'm I'm, I'm gonna speak to you from the Word of God. And I wanna tell you, if you will catch this in your spirit, it will change the way in which you live, the way in which you pray, the way in which you speak, the way in which you read your Bible. I wanna reposition some of you this morning. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I prayed over you this morning that the Holy Spirit would come through the Word of God and renew your mind and shift you from begging to believing. But you gotta see your need because we've all got needs. I don't care how blessed you are, how nice your car is, we've all got needs. We've all got them. But you decide whether you're gonna see your need as an obstacle or as an opportunity. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46, we see the story of blind Bartimaeus. I love this story because this is a great comparison on the flip side because we see blind Bartimaeus as a man on the exterior, as a beggar, but he has the mindset actually of a believer. Blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting on the roadside and he's blind. That's that's why they call him blind Bartimaeus. You guessed it. He's on the roadside amongst other beggars. Other beggars, but we don't hear about these other beggars doing anything because they allowed their circumstance to get inside of them and they allowed what they were going through to influence who they were and they saw themselves as beggars. But blind Bartimaeus, even though he actually had the label blind Bartimaeus, he refused to let that label dictate who he was and he had the mindset of a believer. So when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he didn't see it as an obstacle, but he saw it as an opportunity. 
and he's blind. Jesus is coming by and he hears a crowd because when you're a blind person, a crowd is an obstacle because you don't know where you're going. You don't know where the noise is coming from. You're all rattled. Blind Bartimaeus, he's, he hears Jesus coming. He's like, hey, Jesus. He's blind. I mean, he, he, I thought this this morning, he probably wasn't even facing the right direction. <laughs> That's funny, bro. Like, like you know, like, like the road's here. And everyone's standing there and Jesus is there and Bartimaeus, this dude's over his, hey, Jesus! But he doesn't care about what's happening around him. I know we know this story so well, but just let's, let's go there for a minute. He doesn't care because he's so overcome with the opportunity that's in front of him. He said, Jesus, hey, hey, bro! Help a brother out. And then the crowd, they're like, shut up, man. You, hey, you're a nuisance. You're nothing. You're a beggar. This is how the enemy tries to speak to some of you. When you bring requests before God in prayer, what are you doing? You're a loser. He's not gonna bless you. Shut up, quit praying, quit believing for your kids, quit believing for that business. It's because of your mistakes that it's in the state that it is in right now anyway. You don't deserve it. That's where you've got to remind yourself that you are not a beggar, you are a believer and God's gonna do it, not because you're perfect, but because your God is good and He paid the price already on the cross. I feel like preaching on Father's Day and telling somebody you're about to leave here with a new mindset and God's about to do something in your life it's moving from begging to believing so so blind Bartimaeus he's like hey hey and then they say shut up but he doesn't care I wish we would get that spirit man we're so influenced by what people say by what people do by how many likes we get on a photo some of you felt great about that photo when you posted it because you didn't hit the likes you wanted, now you're all depressed and you wanna take it off and you're worried about this person, worried about that person. We're so worried about what people think. Maybe that's why you're not getting your breakthrough. You, you're, trying to, you're trying to convince everybody else around you that you deserve it. Maybe God wants to give you something that you don't deserve just to show that it's not about you and it's about Him. And, and blind Bartimaeus, and they say, shut up. And then, but Jesus hears him. Jesus hears him and he says to his disciples, go get him. Jesus sends somebody to go and get blind Bartimaeus, which suggests to us that blind Bartimaeus is not right beside where Jesus is. He's a distance. So the disciples go and they go get him. And they're like, all right, finally he wants you. We don't know why, you're just a beggar, but he sees something in you that we don't see. There's something coming out of you that seems to have grabbed the attention of this guy. We don't know. See, see, he, he, heaven will hear the voice of a believer so quick. 
He'll, he'll pick up, he'll look past everything and, and Jesus sees everything else going on, but he hears, he, hears the, he hears the voice. He'll hear the prayers of a believing person. And he says, go get me that dude. I know there's lots of other people around me that want lots of stuff, but I don't respond to what people want. I respond to faith. And there's someone in the distance that I can hear. There's a mum right now I can hear this praying a prayer of faith. I know there's a lot of people shouting and hollering at church on a Sunday, but there's someone in this room that's got some faith. I can hear faith. That's what he's saying this morning, faith. And so he says to the disciples, go get him. So they go get blind Bartimaeus. They bring him up. He jumps up and he throws his cloak off. He's ready to go. And he starts walking to Jesus. Listen to me. He still hasn't been healed yet. He's blind. He's walking to Jesus. Dude doesn't know where he's going. He keeps going, but he knows Every time he bumps into somebody, he doesn't see obstacle. He just sees opportunity. And every time he hits opposition, he doesn't, it doesn't hold him back. He's, he just keeps pushing his way through because he can sense in his spirit that there's an opportunity ahead of him. And it's so great that no obstacle can stop him and can limit him. He's just gotta get to where his breakthrough is because he can, he can sense that this is the difference between a begging spirit and a believing spirit. You will either see obstacle or you will see opportunity. I don't know what you're walking through right now, but I do know this, the worse it is, the greater the opportunity you have to believe right now. The harder it is, the greater the opportunity you have to pray. The more difficult it is, the greater the opportunity you have to praise. Will you see it as an obstacle or an opportunity? The second thing I want you to show you, this man, back to our original text, he comes to Jesus. He's got a need, he's got six son. He says to Jesus, hey, I need you to come. I need you to come to my house. In other words, this is the process. This is how I need you to work. Jesus, this is what I, I need you to do. But I need you to do it this way. I need you, because he hadn't heard of Jesus ever healing somebody just by a word that he spoke. He'd only heard of Jesus healing when he went there. So he was locked into the process because a beggar, will be fixated on a particular process where a believer will stand on promise. This is, this is what was happening. He was, he was saying, I've I, I got a sick son, so I need, you, I need you to come to where he is. How is it gonna happen? If you, don't, if you don't come to where he is, you've got to lay hands on. That's what the Lord said. You've got, to, you've got to lay hands on. I need you to move from where you are and come. This is the process. I'm locked into the process. So if you don't do it the way I think you're supposed to do it, my faith is in the process right now. So when you deviate from the process, I lose faith because my faith wasn't grounded in your word or a promise that you will heal. My faith was grounded in the way of which I thought you were going to heal. So when you deviate from the process, it rattles me. That's why Romans 4 and verse 5 is so powerful. It says, but to him who does not work, which means strive or earn, do it in your own strength, but believes on him. But believes on him. Do you know what the word on means? Let me tell you, that's what I'm up here for. It means upon, listen to these words, listen, listen. Believes on him. It means upon it means of rest, because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. It means direction. 
It means toward, it means beside, it means through, and it means touching. You didn't realise the word on could mean so many things, did you? Think about what this verse is actually saying. Believes on Him. It's speaking of this promise that I'm not just standing on, but it's, it's under me, it's over me, it's beside me, it's on the left, it's on the right, it's leading me because that also means direction. It's, it's, listen, we talk about it like, like I've got a hold of a promise. This verse is talking about it like the promise has got a hold of you. That even when doubt and unbelief wants to try and shake you, it cannot shake you because everywhere you go, you are surrounded by promise. You are surrounded by His Word and it's gonna keep you. It's gonna guard you. That's why the Word talks about being framed in, being framed in by the Word of God. So that when the promise, when the the purpose it deviates when, when, it, when it takes a turn, when that, when that process turns out different. I didn't expect, I thought, I thought my kids would, would go this way, but they didn't and they, they're doing this and I thought the marriage would happen like this and I thought the business would go like that. You're not shaken because, because you're wrapped up. I'm wrapped up in a promise. Even when I wanna try and break out, I cannot. Even when my flesh is trying to pull me out, even when doubt and unbelief is trying to pull me away, I'm so wrapped up in the promises of God. I'm so wrapped up in His goodness. There's so much of the Word that I've just lived my life upon that it's almost like I'm tangled up in the Word of God that I cannot get out of this thing. And that's where I'm going to stay. It's a beggar fixed on a process or a belief that stands on a promise, keys come lastly. This, this guy comes up to Jesus and when Jesus, he shuts him down basically, doesn't he? He shuts him down. And, but then he goes, nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. This the exclamation mark. Before my child dies, he's saying, He's essentially saying to Jesus, come on, man, it's my kid. See, he's shifted now and now, now he's gotten desperate. Because a, a beggar lives in desperation, but a believer lives in expectation. Desperation is, I think can, can be, and, and what, even she hear me, it can be sometimes a trap that we get caught in. Because more often than not, desperation is fueled by fear. Often the reason why we're desperate is because the stakes are higher if God doesn't move. And if the stakes are higher, the fear is actually greater. But God doesn't respond by fear, responds to faith. Beggars are constantly living. If you've got the mindset of a beggar, you're constantly living in this state of desperation. God, I need you to move. God, I need you to move. But a believer lives in a state of expectation. God's about to move. God's about to move. God's about to move. Acts chapter 
12 and verse 12 is the story of Peter in prison. Peter's in prison and there's a prayer meeting happening. And, and so the church is praying and uh, Peter's in prison. And while the church is praying, angel shows up. And you know the story, maybe you don't, but, but angel shows up and basically walks Peter out of the prison. And so Peter goes to where the prayer meeting is. And, uh, and, and back in the day, they'd have the house and then it would be surrounded by a wall and there'd be a, gated, a gate at the wall. And they're, they're having the prayer meeting there. And so Peter walks to where the prayer meeting is and he, he knocks on the gate. And all the, all the, all the, all the church people, they're, they're busy praying. They, they, they don't hear him. They, they don't hear their own breakthrough. They don't hear their own miracle. But the, the Bible says this chick wrote her, she hears, she says she runs to the gate. And, and it says this in Acts, I love this. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where they were all gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked on the door, the gate, I'm sorry, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. Listen to this. When she recognised Peter's voice, she didn't see him. She just heard his voice because faith comes by. Did this girl, and then the Bible says, she hears his voice and she's so full of expectation. She believes just off what she heard. And so she takes off running. This chick's over the moon. She takes off running. She runs back and interrupts the prayer meeting. And she says, hey, hey, shut it down. He's here. And listen, their response, that they blow her off. Maybe because they were too busy begging rather than believing. They got so caught up in their desperation. Please God, please God, please God. He's here, shut up. We're praying. Please God, please God, please God. But He's here, shut up. I've got to pray. I've got to tick the box. I've got to do what I'm meant to do. Please God, please God. But a little girl who had some expectation. I love this chick. She didn't even have to see Him. But she heard Him. Faith comes by hearing. Are you going to live like a beggar? Or are you going to live like a believer? God is about to do something great in your life. You can believe that or not, but I'm going to say it again and declare it over your life. I don't know what you're facing, but I do know this. Your heavenly Father only has good things. So God is about to do something great in your life. In your life. Are you begging or are you believing? Sit down real quick. I'm gonna tell you one quick story and we're gonna close. When I was younger, my dad is a lawyer, an attorney, and my mum is a psychologist. 
So, you know, I was an out of control teenager. So growing up, when you're out of control kid and your mum's a psychologist and your dad's a lawyer, bro, that's a world of hurt. It means, basically means your mum is, she knows the brain and human thinking. So she knows exactly what you're gonna do before you do it. But what's good is your dad's a lawyer. So once you've done it, he can help you out. Praise Jesus. So we had this good little synergy working together at my home. But dad had a law firm when we were growing up younger and uh, it was in the suburb where we lived and he'd been there for 30 years or so. And right up the corner from, from where his law office was, there was a convenience store. And uh, what he had set up, basically at the convenience store, he had set up an account um, or like a corporate account basically for his office that people could go down and if they were gonna buy things for the office or or, you know, snacks or drinks or whatever for clients or meetings they're having, they could just put it on the corporate account. I'll never forget the day that we found out as kids that there was a corporate account at the local store. I mean, that's gonna get you some friends real quick. I was like 12, 13. I'll never forget, I went down there with all my buddies. I gathered like half the neighbourhood, you know. I'm like, boys, we're going shopping right now. I was like 12, we go down to the store. I walk in there like I own the place. I said, boy, I said, boys, take whatever you want. I got this. So we got like, you know, shopping carts, shopping, what do you call them? Trolleys, whatever. And, and, and we walk around this convenience store. You should have seen us, we're like loading this thing up. You're buying all of this stuff, sodas and candies and all this stuff. We get to the front counter. I pull up to the counter. I'm like 12, you know, like acting like I'm the man. And this, this store attendant, she's standing at the counter. She's looking at me like, is this kid for real? Because she knows I don't have enough to buy all of this. So she's looking down on me like, I mean, is this a joke? Like, where are your parents? And I get up to the front and I just look at her. Look, I look at her and I'm like, my dad's name is Ian. I look at her and I said, this is all going on Ian Prescott's account. And her whole persona changed. Because before I said that, she was viewing me as me. But once I mentioned who my dad was, now she has to view me, not who I am by myself, but she has to view me who my dad is. So I come with all of this stuff that I don't have enough to, I don't have the cash for it, but my dad does. So she's like, blip, blip, blip. We, we racked that thing up, bro. And I just had to write my name, Ben Prescott. The first part didn't mean nothing, but it was that last name, Prescott because that was what connected me to who my father was. Some of you have a beggar's mindset because you think you don't deserve anything more than begging. But I wanna remind you on Father's Day, who's your dad? Who's? You need to not worry about trying to earn it. None of us deserve it. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
But I'm not going to stop believing for things. Because every time I believe for something and I walk in something that's greater than me, guess who gets the glory? He does. Because when I walked out of that store, when my buddy saw me just write down my name and say, this is on Ian Prescott's account. They're like, bro, who is Ian Prescott? I'm like, that's my dad. They're like, well, cause he just bought us all this gear, bro. See, the end of this story, we don't have time, but the end of this story, he goes back to his house and the Bible says that the whole house was saved because of what Jesus did in his life. You walking in the fullness of God is not just about you. It's about those that are watching you and you preach a good God, but you don't walk in a good blessing. It's time for some of you to declare it over your life and receive it over your life. He's a good Father who paid a high price so that you can walk completely blessed and not live as a beggar. But live as a believer, a believer. I believe God's doing a work in your life. I believe God is working all things, all things for the good. I believe God's hand is upon your family. I don't care how crazy your kids may get. I've been there before. I believe that the Holy Spirit is surrounding you. I believe it, that He's a comforter and He's a counsellor. I believe that. I believe that no weapon formed against you will prosper. I believe that. I believe that when the enemy comes at you one way, that he's gonna flee seven ways. I believe that. I believe that there's a hedge of protection that's surrounding you, that the enemy cannot penetrate. I believe that the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any attack you will go through. I believe this thing. And I just need to know if there's someone here on Father's Day who will dare to believe. Why don't you give Him praise right now? Like you're not living like a beggar. Like you're going to live like you actually believe this thing. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.